You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. How many got a kiss from the Lord this last week? Anybody get a kiss from the Lord? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Anybody else? Eight. I got a big kiss. Nine. I see that hand. Ten. Is there another? I see that hand. Okay. Okay. So that's good. The Lord's the Lord's really releasing his kisses to his kids, and uh, it's time for us and his bride uh, to receive those. In Jesus' calling, Sarah Young is is sharing some things that I just thought was really uh, amazing. Right along the theme of the kiss of the Lord for me this week. He talks about the Lord Jesus wanting to infuse his presence into our thoughts. When you think of it in 2 Corinthians or 1 Corinthians 2, that, that we have the mind of Christ, and now we see that Jesus is wanting to infuse his presence into our thoughts. I thought, oh, isn't that an interesting way that she put it? Because this morning we're going to look at the presence. And uh, as I was looking at this, it was like so many times we're unaware of his presence. He's with us. He's doing stuff right in the midst of us. And we don't quite get it. We don't see it. We don't hear it. We don't perceive it. We don't pay any attention to it. And we just go about our day. Sarah talks about the, the three dimensions of space and, and then the dimension of time. And then she introduces a new dimension. I thought it was really interesting. There is the dimension of openness to my presence. Now, I never thought of that as a dimension. But just think about that and meditate upon that and just mull it over through the course of the week and see what kind of impact that has for you. He says, you know, as as the Lord walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, So he wants us to be aware of his presence, that he wants to commune with us and walk with us in our gardens. (laughs) It may be your little gardens, it may be the garden of your heart, but he wants to walk with you and he wants you aware of his presence. So my kiss came on Monday night, Tuesday morning, not sure exactly what time of my sleep that eight hour period, seven hour period was, but it was just amazing. And uh, when I woke up, I thought, oh Lord, that was your kiss. And I thought it was interesting that I'm sharing it on Memorial Day because what makes the kiss so impactful was that he gave me a dream somewhere between a year and a half and two years ago. And in this dream, it was such an incredible dream. And I was in heaven and I was seeing some incredible stuff and I saw how to pray and how to minister for the healing of cancer. Now, if you know anything about me, I have a vendetta against cancer. I hate cancer. I wanna see it eradicated in my lifetime. I wanna see you know, our region become a cancer-free zone. Um, I don't, I don't wanna see another one of us pass because of cancer. And it's like, okay, I hate cancer. And as I had that dream, it was so incredible and I was so excited. I was just, I was just 
like a little kid in a candy store. I thought, this is so great. Can't wait to wake up so we can go out and start praying for people with cancer. And I thought, I probably ought to write this down. Oh, there's no way I'll forget this. This is so simple. It's so easy. It's so, uh, you'll never forget this. There's no way I could ever, ever forget how to bring healing to someone who's battling cancer. I woke up that morning and I could not remember. I did not get up and write it down. And for a year and a half to two years now, I've been lamenting and grieving and repenting that I didn't get up and just make a few bullet points on that dream. Just so sorry. And in that time, we've had some people who've died of cancer and it just breaks my heart. And I'm just thinking, oh. So here on Memorial Sunday, <laughs> the kiss was the Lord brought the dream back. And I got to remember and experience once again, what is his cure for cancer? It's actually his cure for everything, every sickness, every disease. And there's, there's nothing that will take the place of his presence. And the way I, I remembered the very first dream that I had two years ago was that it was, a, it was like a martial arts judo metaphor where we had blocks on this side, blocks on this side, and we had a piece of, of board across there. And you're gonna break the board. And it was like, okay, that's how, we, that's a, that's how we're gonna break through for cancer. And the, the thing that he was showing me was that too often the novice will go as far with their judo chop until they hit the board. And about you, anybody broke a board here uh, in karate class? not in anger, <laughs> you, you, you did that. And, it, and a friend told me that you never focus on the obstruction. You focus on a point below it. And that's where you make your move to. The board gets in the way as you're going down to your focal point. And so the focal point, the Lord told me, was his presence. His presence is the focal point anytime we're praying for healing, any kind of healing, but especially cancer. The focal point is his presence. The cancer is just kind of like the board that gets in the way. And we go through it down into his presence. Now, isn't that simple? How could you forget that? For two years, I could not remember that. Somewhere I knew it, but I didn't know it. And then he gave me a kiss Monday night. And it was like, oh, this is absolutely wonderful. We got the key. So let's go empty the hospitals. Off we go. Oh, and then he said, but I need to teach you about my presence. My presence is way more than what you think it is. And I thought, oh, really? So it's like, okay, if we wanna see breakthrough, we know that his presence is the key because there is absolutely no sickness, no cancer in the presence of God. It, it, you won't find it in heaven. 
That's why when I was up there, I thought, oh, this is really cool. There's no cancer, there's no sickness, there's no disease. And so Lord, teach us. So here's what I've been learning about his presence, okay? This is a journey. It's more of a testimony day today, but it's a, it's a testimony to inspire your hearts to continue your journey and how the Lord is teaching you about his presence. So learning about his presence, first of all, we understand you're all good theologians, you know the omnipresence of God. God is everywhere, all the time. He's in a creation, he, God is everywhere among us. There's the general revelation that the creation itself speaks and reveals about God's presence. And that's one of the cries of the psalmist. Let the glory of the Lord cover the earth, fill the earth. Then there's what I call wave number one. It's the warm fuzzies. Do you experience that this morning? I think it often happens during worship. Um, it's usually right at the beginning of worship. Maybe when Linda's sharing, you get a little fuzzy. You get a little warm. Like, oh, the Lord's here. Yeah, cool. The omnipresence to the warm fuzzies, wave number one. And what happens for me, I, I, I get warm fuzzies oftentimes in worship. Wave number one comes and there's an awareness that the Lord is present. Before that awareness, we were singing some wonderful songs. Off key, possibly, but we were singing. And then his presence comes and it's like, wow. And I know when his presence comes, because there's several different things that happen with me when the presence of the Lord comes. When the presence of the Lord comes first, I start clapping on time, in rhythm. It's about the only time you'll catch me clapping in time on rhythm. There, there has to be a heavy presence of the Lord. And sometimes I'll have a, a, a sense in my eyes. I'll start to see with my eyes shut, I'll start to see some little sparkly stuff that's going on. It's just, sometimes I liken it to a little, a, a mini strobe light. Sometimes it's more like a, a glaucoma test where they got the little poof, poof of air into your eyes. Sometimes it's like that, but something happens in my eyes and I get real excited when that happens. I was down at the American Association of Christian Counselors Convention and we had a vineyard therapist that was going to show how to continue to use prayer in the counseling room. And it was a, it was a room, there was probably 800 uh, people coming. This was a breakout session. And as soon as I got in the room, all of a sudden my eyes started doing the manifestation that the Lord is present. Wave one, it's like poof, poof. I thought, oh, this is gonna be good. I don't know what he's gonna do, but this is gonna be good. And it was, it was absolutely amazing. A gal got healed of some deep trauma as the guinea pig <laughs> in that session. It was just amazing. But the presence of the Lord was there. That's wave one. Sometimes when I'm driving, and I'm in my car and I'm driving, all of a sudden the presence of the Lord shows up and he reveals something to me. He talks to me about something and, and I'm aware at a conscious level that these are not my thoughts. These thoughts transcend my best day. These are incredible things that the Lord's bringing to remembrance or he's revealing for the first time to me. And I, and I see those and it's like, whoa, 
That's wave one. Number three, the overwhelmed when the Spirit comes upon me. Omnipresence, one. Warm fuzzies, two. First wave, warm fuzzies. Overwhelm, three. Second wave. This is when he touches. This is after wave number one has come, and as wave two is about to come, all of a sudden, his presence shows up, and he puts his finger on something in you. And he's dealing with something in you. He's healing something in you. He's doing for you something very, very personal. And he's touching in a glorious, healing way. He's touching you. I remember when I came to Christ. Man, I got touched by the Lord and I am bawling my eyes out overwhelmed by his presence, his mercy, his goodness, and his forgiveness, knowing that I was not deserving of it, but I received it. And then I, I think of another conference that I'm in, and I've been crying out to the Lord, Lord, heal my heart. I knew that there was things in my heart that just weren't right. And I'd been crying out for the Lord to heal my heart for a long, long time. And I, and I realized that my heart was more, it wasn't like the prodigal son. I was too self-righteous for the prodigal son. My heart was like the elder brother. And I realized how hard my heart was because I thought I was superior than everybody else. I didn't drink and smoke and chew and go with girls that do. You know, I, I, I had my little, my, my little pedigree of the things I've never done. I was so proud of myself. And in a conference, as Uma Ukpai was speaking, a Rwandan apostle, I believe, uh, he just said, the Holy Spirit is already on some of you. So we're not going to give any invitations other than if the Holy Spirit is on you, we invite you to come forward. So I came forward that Sunday and I stood right about here and Uma started here and he was praying for people. And when he got to me, I heard him finishing up with the next guy, but the spirit of the Lord was so on me that his hand went like this. And before he touched me, I was gone, profoundly touched by the spirit of the living God. I fell, I probably went down like a load of bricks. Who knows, I may have bounced off the floor. I don't know. I don't know if there was anybody to catch me. I, I don't know, I was gone. I was absolutely gone. What it felt like to me, and you've heard my testimony, it felt like I was a feather just kind of going woo, woo, woo to the floor. And I thought, boy, that would be pretty miraculous if anybody saw that. And, uh, but I was out. And for about 45 minutes, I had a, a muscle spasm right above my heart that was just, just shaking. And I knew the Lord was doing something with my heart. I thought, this is great. This is absolutely wonderful. This is kind of wave two, the presence of God. In, in, in wave two presence of God, he goes and he has, 
has brought his presence that has caused us to know that he's here. And so we know that he might be up to something. And when wave two comes, we know that he's after us. His love is pursuing us. And he's given grace, invitation, extension. He's given us an opportunity to receive something that he's been wanting to give us for a long time. And it, in my case, it helps if you're anesthetized in the spirit. He can give it without you fighting him. <laughs> and that was wonderful. Then there's wave three. Most of the time in our worship services, we get to wave one and we, we celebrate. Yay, God was here. It was so wonderful. Holy Spirit was here. Didn't you feel the presence? Yeah, it was so good. He kissed us. Yes. yes. You know, we even got Bible verses about his kissing us. And, and so we, we get that we don't wait for wave two and we hardly ever wait for wave three. Why? Because we're Americans. We've got schedules. We've got dinner. We've got lunch. We've got things to do. And, and, and so we never get to the deeper level of the healing touch that the Spirit of God wants to do. I call that the glory wave. It's just glory. We were at the More Love, More Power conference a couple years ago, and Ken Fish was doing a breakout meeting. And we were in a, a smaller room, but it was a, it was a large room. And their sanctuary holds quite a few people. But this was a, a chapel area, and we're there. And Ken just invited the presence of God to come, and the presence of God just fell. We've been in worship for the morning session. Wave one had come. Some had gone and received some kind of ministry, so wave two had come. And now we were in this breakout session, and sovereignly, the presence of God just fell, and everybody could feel the weight of it. It wasn't like, did you feel that? And somebody said, no. Everyone, anybody said, no. It was like, yeah, what was that? And it was, it was the power of God. It was the power of the glorious presence of the living God that came and just there were people that were being delivered instantly. People being healed instantly. Just incredible stuff was happening. And I thought, I've heard stories in the vineyard back when John Wimber was around that the presence, the manifest presence of God descended in a conference setting and the fire department came because they saw flames through the roof. And Bill Jackson was my historian. And Bill was telling me, and when the presence of God fell, all of us were flat on our face before the Lord. Nobody raised up. Everybody was flat on their face. And see, we've got that in our DNA, in our heritage, uh, as this part of the body of Christ. And it was like, wow. And it happened again. So I got a taste of what that was like. It was powerful, very, very powerful. But then there's another sense of his presence. And by, by the way, this isn't exhaustive. There's no way this is exhaustive. Um, the glory, the undoneness, it's like, oh, 
being undone in his presence. I felt that this morning. Being undone, where he's just unraveling us so he can wind us up correctly. <laughs> Sometimes we're, we're like a fishing line that just got, and it's all, and he just unwinds us. He undoes us so that he can get us back together. And the fifth one I call holy terror. The presence of God. I've only experienced this in a dream. And it's been fairly recently. And I've had, I've had God dreams before. And sometimes when you have a God dream and, and you're there, you don't realize it's a God dream at first. And there's been times when I got so frightened in the dream that I woke up and then I realized it was a God dream and I put my head back on the pillow and I said, Lord, I wanna go back. I, what, were you, what were you gonna do? What were you gonna do? My fear caused me to wake up and I never got to see what he was gonna do. I've had probably three or four of those. And you know, I repent and lament and do what I normally do. When I realize I could have had a V8 I could, have, I could have been in the presence. I could have had some kind of connection with the Lord. But in this dream, the brilliance, there's, there's no words to describe the presence of God that I experienced in this dream other than just sheer terror. It wasn't horror, but it was sheer terror. The brightness, the majesty, the radiance, his being was beyond anything that I could possibly conceive. And so much so that I was so frightened that I woke up. And I thought, oh, you did it again. When are you going to learn? I said, oh Lord, please let me go back. I put my head on the pillow and I was right back in the dream. I was right back there. And, and the radiance was so incredible. It seemed like there was fire, but I, don't, I never had a sensation of heat. But the fire was just amazing. And while I was there, I just thought, this is so good, but I don't know what to do. And after a while, I woke up again. And I thought, oh Lord, I chickened out again. This is twice I've chickened out. Oh Lord, would you please let me go back? And I put my head on the pillow and I went back a third time. I have never had an encounter in my dreams where I was allowed to re-enter the dream ever once, let alone twice, let alone three times. And I was allowed to come back in. And what I saw was just terrorizing. It was terrifying. It was just way beyond what my human frame could even comprehend or even and as I was going through the remembrance of the healing of cancer dream and the presence the Holy Spirit's been reminding me of all the different levels in which I've experienced the presence of the Lord and it's like we haven't seen anything yet there is still more to his presence and learning how to release his presence. Now, I think this is 
applicable at whatever area that you are. You know, if you've never had a dream and you've never had, you know, uh, uh, an out in the spirit type of experience or anything like that, don't worry about it. When you're praying for someone, pray for the presence to come. Just pray for the presence of the Lord to be released in their body. I like to think of, for me, I think of that glory fire that was absolutely terrorizing. And I, and I say, Lord, let that enter every cell of their body. The key is, is his presence, cancer just gets in the way as we're going to our focal point, the focal point of his presence. So whatever is in the way, that's what we want to do. We want to focus on his presence. I think this is so general. You're saying, Rick, you spent a whole morning to tell us, focus on the presence. Come on, man. We know that. <sighs> I'm not sure we do. I'm not sure we know that the way. Because I, as I was looking at it, I was just saying, Lord, what? why is it that we're not as effective as we could be. And, you know, it's kind of what you marinate in, starts to bring the flavor to your life. And he says, too, too often, that's why I think the emotional, healthy spirituality that we're going through, too often we're, we're doing so much for God that we're not spending time with God or we're using God to run from God. We're, we're doing the kind of stuff that is keeps us busy. The enemy will use harmful stuff if, if we'll allow him. But when we get to the place where we're not following the prodigal son, he will take the path of the elder brother. He will get us to be so proud of what we don't do and how long we have served. And yet in our heart is, when are you going to kill the fatted calf for me? You never have. And so it's, it's like, okay, he'll use busy, busy. Now I'm going to start stepping on toes now. So get your boots out, your composite toe, your steel toe. I'm not, I, I won't do that right now, but how much time have you spent playing games on your phone, your phone app games. Now to play a game on a phone app is not a sin. So don't, don't hear me this. I'm not saying you're sinning if you're playing games on your phone. There's a word game that I, I think I might be addicted to. And I don't know how many thousands of thousands of thousands of games I played on that and how many points I don't even have. I, I, I can just do and to fill in the whole puzzle because I got so many points built up. But the Lord is just kind of saying, you know, when you don't think you have more important things to do, when you don't think and, and value something that is superior to that, you'll always go to it. Okay. We just had the PGA golf tournament. And it's like, how many hours am I spending watching television? 
MBA, PGA. Uh oh, now I'm really going to take a cheap shot. HGTV. Um, I don't think any of us, the Food Network. All of this is not evil or bad. But when the enemy is able to use something to keep us from something that is better, we need to look at it. We need to invite the Holy Spirit and just say, do I need to be delivered? <laughs> do, I need, do I need something broken off so that, I can, so that I can really start spending? Here's the thing. If the Holy Spirit comes like a dove to you and he lights upon your shoulder, What are you going to do? If you want him to remain, how are you going to go about the room? How are you going to proceed? How are you going to walk? You know, I know this tells more about my childhood than anything, but I see a pirate with a parrot, you know. But if the Holy Spirit's on you, how do you continue walking? Where then you don't listen. Usually we'd say carefully. Walk very carefully. Very carefully so that he doesn't get spooked and take off. But something beyond that, we would take each step with the Holy Spirit in mind, with the dove in mind. When we go here, we're mindful that he's on us, that he's with us, that he's in us. We're mindful of that. Now I'm concerned that the enemy will take part of what I've said and get you to misinterpret that you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't. It's never about can't. And even as we look at, at healing cancer, it's not focusing on the cancer. It's always focusing on his presence. When we look at what we could be doing, it's not about trying to legislate behavior and stewardship of time. It's about taking to heart and being mindful of who you are and who's in you and starting to take those kind of steps that bring a greater awareness of his presence. See, I think we're going to see some amazing, amazing, amazing miracles. Because his sons and daughters are taking seriously the presence and we're honoring it. Lord, your word tells us that your blood is superior. That speaks a better word than the blood of bulls and goats, sheep, lambs, doves. Lord, yours is the supreme blood that you've shed your blood. And it is our profession of faith, Lord, that one drop of your blood atones for all the sin of the world. Hmm. And by your stripes we are healed. I don't think we still understand what all that means. But we know that there's more in your blood than what we've experienced. 
And so we just humbly come before you and say, Lord, in a worthy manner, we want to receive the cup and we invite you to release everything that you have intended the blood to do for us. We receive with thanksgiving and we drink in remembrance of you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.